Baseball family, welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast. This week is the Blackjack Brad June News Dump. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast, Baseball Family. My name is Brad, a.k.a. Blackjack Brad, and I am flying solo again this week. Um, Brig is off doing some shul stuff. Um, if you don't get that reference, uh, go watch the cinematic masterpiece that is Megamind, and you can thank me later for it. If you do get it, high five, fist bump to you and thumbs up. Um, anyway, there's quite a bit to get into. Um, I didn't want to get into our regular evergreen topics i guess you could call them like uh, i think we had a, a mount rushmore originally scheduled for this week but with brig gone i didn't want to do it without him so i was like you know what there's always news let's do news so here we go into the june news dump first things first let's talk about the san diego padres and bally sports oh boy if you haven't heard there is a big old mess with bally sports and it's specifically affecting the Padres right now. They're the first team. Um, Bally, or Diamond, you know, is, I guess, the umbrella company over Bally. They didn't make the latest payment to the Padres. Now, part of Bally's contract is that they pay the Padres $60 million a year. They didn't make the latest, I guess, installment of that. They missed it. So that means they lose broadcast rights, and Major League Baseball has taken it over. Hooray, right? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's trouble for the Padres because they have like a top five payroll. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure, right? And I bet you they were real like counting on that 60 million a lot to help pay for that. So if I mean not if Major League Baseball cannot bail them out, they're not gonna bail them out. They're not gonna be like, well, here's your 60 million from our emergency fund which I doubt they have, to be completely honest with you, the way things sounded after the pandemic, like during and after the pandemic. So they can't bail them out. So to me, the next logical step in San Diego is a fire sale. I don't know if it's going to happen at the trade deadline. I don't know if the Padres are going to be like, we can't afford to pay these guys, so we got to get and we got to offload, right? Like got Manny Machado with a bunch of money, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. with a bunch of money. Xander Bogarts with a bunch of money. Juan Soto waiting for a bunch of money. They just paid Jake Cronenworth a bunch of money. So somebody's got to go, I think. And the other thing with this is that there's no chance at pursuing Otani, especially if they hold on to those guys. There's no way they could pursue Otani. We talked last week about how the insiders and experts, I use quotes on that for those of you not watching, uh, saying that Otani's going to use the Mets and the Padres to drive up the price. It's like, well, no. I mean, everybody, anybody who can is going to offer him as much money as they can. I don't think there's any driving up the price, and I think we talked a little bit about that before. But I think this eliminates San Diego from the contention. Like, there's no way. There's no way that they can they can pursue Shohei Otani if they don't have TV money coming in. And... MLB is owning their broadcast rights. Yes, it's great for San Diego fans. It's fantastic because that means no more blackouts, right? Um, MLB hired Billy Chambers, who was a former executive, to come in the offseason. I think that they knew this was, this was coming. I think they brought him in to prep for this, to prepare for this, to um, 
to seamlessly transition because there was no change in the broadcast at all. It's still all the same people doing the broadcast. Still all the same play by play color guys, everything like that. Um, it's just that it was, it's owned by major league baseball. Now the broadcast rights, they have their streaming rights. All of it goes to major league baseball now instead of to Bally. So good, pretty good, I guess for San Diego fans on the fact that they don't have blackouts anymore. Everybody can watch the games, whether you got basic cable or MLB TV or what, um, but also like the Padres are going to suffer for this, unfortunately. Um, but along the lines of this, they're the first team to fall with this because a, a judge in bankruptcy court uh, ordered Bally to pay its full contract value to the Diamondbacks, the Guardians, the Twins, and the Rangers. So there's four team, four more teams that yes, they're getting their money now, but how much? How much are the are the Rangers relying on that money in the future? They have a lot of money tied up in Trevor Simeon and sorry, Marcus Simeon, not Trevor Simeon, Marcus Simeon and uh, and Corey Seager, Jacob deGrom, three guys right there, big money contracts. And if they're not getting money from Bally next year, that could be a problem. I don't I don't know what it's going to mean for the Rangers. Exactly. I don't I don't know their financials as much as hasn't been made as big of a deal about it as the Padres when they're signing all these guys about being like a mid to small market. Um, we hear a lot about the A's not wanting to spend and being cheap and everything and being in a small market, all that. Uh, we don't hear that as much about the Rangers, although I don't know. DFW is huge, right? A lot of homes, but TV money is very important. If they're not getting it, that could be a really big deal for them. So Something to keep an eye out on uh, with the Padres and not getting their Bally money and Major League Baseball taking over their broadcast and others. So uh, it's it's an interesting time for Major League Baseball right now. So anyway, let's get into the pitcher section of this week's episode. We're going to talk about Zach Plesak first, the Cleveland Guardians. We talked a, bit, a little bit about the Guardians. I don't think this has anything to do with the previous mentioning, but here we go. Zach Plesak was designated for assignment by the Guardians uh, in his last, or I guess he's only had five starts this season. Uh, he has a 7.59 ERA, 22 or 21 and two thirds innings pitched. Um, he last pitched in an MLB game on April 29th. He went three and a third, gave up five earned, walked one, striked one. He faced 18 batters and only had two, count them, two swings and misses. That is not a good sign for a big league pitcher to throw however many pitches that was. I think I saw it was like 57 and only have two swings and misses. You got to have swing and miss stuff to make it in the bigs. Um, he's only 28. He's got three years of service time, which means he's eligible for arbitration after the season. Um, and he won't be a free agent until 2026. I think somebody's going to pick him up. He's If, if he clears waivers, somebody's going to pick him up. They're going to get him for cheap. And uh, he'll at the very least be a really good back end piece to us to a starting rotation. Um, I don't know. He's kind of got a, I noticed over the last couple of years, he's kind of got a little bit of an attitude problem. It seems like he punched the mound in Seattle last year when he gave up a home run. And then he, and I think he like fractured a bone in his hand because he punched the mound. And I don't, I don't think that that's a, that's a Tito Francona thing. I don't think he likes that kind of stuff. I think that probably has something to do with this kind of maybe a little bit of an attitude problem. Um, but I don't know if he can straighten that out. I think he'll be okay. And that's probably part of the reason he's struggling is a lot of it's up here between the ears. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, he's probably gonna hit the free agent market. Um, 
and uh, somebody will pick him up. Let's go on and talk about Mike Soroka. So Mike Soroka missed 34 months while recovering from two separate Achilles tears. He had shoulder inflammation and, as Briggs said, a bad attitude. Um, missed a long, long time. Finally came back a couple weeks ago. After two starts, has an 8.38 ERA. The Braves have optioned Mike Soroka to AAA Gwinnett, the Gwinnett Stripers, one of Briggs' least favorite team names, by the way. Um, this last weekend against the Diamondbacks, he allowed five earned runs over three and two-thirds, um, who are legit, by the way. The Diamondbacks are. They took, I guess, I think they took one from the Braves, but they gave him all they had. They gave him everything they had. I think the, I think the Diamondbacks are legit. But anyway, Mike Soroka headed down to AAA. I think they're hoping he can kind of get back in the rhythm of things, get back in the swing of things, because it's that's a long time. Three years is a long time to be out of Major League Baseball and then be expected to step in there and be an every-fifth-day contributor as a starting pitcher on a team that has really high expectations, right? Like, if this was the A's, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Like, well, it's just another guy with a plus five, a five-plus ERA, whatever. We'll just throw him out there, let him get his reps, and maybe he'll be trade bait come July. We don't know. But it's the Braves. The Braves are contenders, World Series contenders, not just playoff contenders. They are the best, if not, one of the best, if not the best team in Major League Baseball, and they expect their guys to perform for good reason. They've been there. They need them. They need that fifth starter, he can't just be the, I, I don't want to call it the dead weight fifth starter, but sometimes that's the case, right? Sometimes you have the dead weight fifth starter who just kind of takes up space on the roster. And it's like, oh, we just need him to start the fifth day. But the, the Braves don't want that from Mike, Mike, Mike Soroka. Why couldn't I say Soroka? They don't want that from him. They want him to be a contributing part of their rotation. That's why they send him down. I don't think it has anything to do with him, with them losing faith in him. I think it's more get him right, make sure that he is prepared to get back to the big league level. And when he gets things right upstairs, figures out his mechanics and gets back in the rhythm of playing baseball every day again, or I guess every fifth day as a starting pitcher, then he'll be back and I think he'll be fine. Honestly, it's a temporary thing. Um, but what might not be temporary? Let's talk about Steven Strasburg. This guy has, oh man, this poor guy, I feel so bad for him. World Series MVP in 2019, yeah, when the Nats won the World Series. And just hasn't been the same since. He made one start last year, only has only made eight since signing his, signing his extension in the offseason. Seven years, $245 million. Um, last year, he only, like I said, only one start. Uh, because he had surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome, comes out now that he has nerve damage. Big deal. Um, I feel like I said, I feel so bad for the guy. He's probably going to be done. They've completely shut him down. Um, nerve damage is not something to mess with. I know that there are football players who it's like, oh, I got some, and we just let it heal, and it was fine. Like Peyton Manning had like neck surgery, and they're like, oh yeah, we just let it heal, and he was okay. Just don't take any hard hits. I'm sorry, but I'm not willing to mess with that. <laughs> but that's just me. And I don't I don't think Steven Strasburg should mess with nerve with nerve damage. The Nats, they don't have insurance on his contract, so they're gonna have to eat it. But I think that just a stroke of bad luck like this, honestly, as a team, I would be willing to just be like, man, don't worry, we'll take care of you because that sucks. <laughs> that's just rotten luck. 
rotten luck. And, you know, you find with some that some people are just prone to, I don't want to say falling apart, but their bodies are more prone to injury than others. You get guys who, who go out there and they can play 160, 162 games every single year. And they run themselves into walls. They run themselves in, literally into the ground sometimes. They get hit by pitches. They never go on the IL. They never get injured. They never miss time. But there are other guys who just go out there and just the punishment of every single day, just the punishment of throwing a ball as hard as they can that often, it just wears them down. And so I think, unfortunately, Steven Strasburg just doesn't have the body to hold up for the rigors of Major League Baseball and everything that goes with it. Uh, based on what we've seen, I mean, Tommy John early, everything. So I, I think he's probably done. This is, I, I'm predicting this is the end of the line for Steven Strasburg as far as Major League Baseball goes. All right, last pitcher thing. And this one's awesome. Some positivity after some uh, really crappy news about a great pitcher. Because let's be honest, what we saw from Steven Strasburg when he was on, he was something else. He was electric. I mean, like I said, he won the World Series MVP. He's the reason the Nats won that MVP, that World Series, obviously. MVP, hello. Anyway, Liam Hendricks, this guy, awesome. I just get to be, I'm just cheering so hard for this dude and have been. He used to, I had, I'll be honest, I don't have any use for the White Sox whatever AL Central team. I'm an AL West guy. And then the AL East is what it is. It's that monstrosity. And so nothing against AL Central fans, right? Like if you like the White Sox, good on you. Like the Royals, good on you. You've got a World Series. My Mariners don't, right? <laughs> and pretty recently too, you got a couple World Series in Kansas City. But anyway, I've been cheering hard for Liam Hendricks. Uh, we've all been affected by cancer in some one way or another. Uh, some of us more than others. Um, but Liam Hendricks pitched and earned a W on National Cancer Survivors Day. Um, I, I obviously that's a big, huge win for him, for him to even be out there after being diagnosed with stage four cancer. That's enormous, and I think, I think that's a big W for all cancer survivors as well. Being able to see what Liam Hendricks has been able to do after just being diagnosed, I think it was in December. It's only, it hasn't, it's barely been six months. Barely, if that. And he's out there slinging it, winning games for a major league baseball team. It's hard enough to win as it is. Ask the A's, much less to go out there after you've been on death's doorstep like he was to go out there and give it everything he's got and win games. I love it. I'm a huge fan of this. I say this somewhat tongue in cheek that this is going to be in the movie when Disney makes it. But at the same time, though, I'll watch it. Even even if uh, who is the guy who's always in the sappy baseball movies? It's not obviously not Kevin Costner because I know uh, uh, it's a uh, it's a Richard Gere. I don't know. Anyway, the guy who is in the rookie, I feel like he's in all the sappy base, like all the sappy movies. And they'll probably have him be in it. I don't know. He'll, maybe he'll be like the doctor or something. I don't know. But anyway, I'll watch the movie and I'll cry and I'll admit it. So before we keep going, we got to tell you about our new partnership. We're very excited about it. It's a whole lot of fun. This is a really cool cool thing. It's called Versus Game. Baseball family, we're always asking what you think about the topics we bring up on the show. We want you to comment on YouTube and wherever else and reach out on TikTok and Instagram, whatever. But now you have a quick and easy way to share your thoughts with us. We've partnered with, like I said, Versus Game to bring you games where you can make money from participating in polls and trivia. Ah, everybody loves that. 
That's right. If you're on the winning side of a poll or get a trivia question right, you can win real money. Play for free or buy ticket bundles to play against other listeners and versus game users. So head to btpod.versus.com. Sorry, that's not right. btpod.onversus.com on your mobile browser to sign up and play our polls and trivia games. We have a few up right now. You can go play and weigh in and everything. They're polls, so there's no wrong answer. It's just based on which side gets the most votes. That's right. That's btpod.onversus.com to sign up and play Versus Game with us. It's a lot of fun. We're really excited about it. Like I said, we have four up right now. They'll be up for one of them ends in a couple days, but you can go vote on those and have a lot of fun with them. Go check it out. It's awesome. It's a good time. Okay, let's move on and talk about Albert Pujols. You thought he was gone. No, he's back. Uh, He was named the special assistant to the commissioner. Note, this is not the special assistant commissioner. No, no. This is a special special assistant to the commissioner. Kind of a vague title. Yes. Yes, it is. You're right. You're right about that. I've noticed in my, or I have noticed, I did notice in my meanderings in minor league baseball that a special assistant to the general manager can be anything it can be a traveling scout it can be somebody who gathers statistics it can be somebody who caters um lunch for the team or the media they can do anything right they can have any job well albert pujol's job it basically he's going to be an ambassador it's an ambassador role uh to help grow the game in the Dominican Republic. But he's also going to make appearances on MLB Network. He's very excited about that. I think we all should be. He's a great personality. He's a lot of fun. I think it'll be fun to see him on TV. I hope that he gets more I hope he does well and and then continues to get more appearances because I would like to see Albert Pujols out there and and talking more about the game because somebody who played it the way he did saw it differently, right? Like they talk about Manny Ramirez all the time that like if you saw if you face as a pitcher uh, guys said that if the pitchers, if you faced Manny Ramirez three times, you weren't getting him out all three times. He might give you two, but you're not getting him a third time. And I feel like Albert Pujols is up there on that level of hitting. And uh, during the postseason, we're going to get a lot of really cool insight from Albert Pujols on TV. It will be a whole lot of fun. Very excited. Congratulations to him on being <laughs> the special assistant to the commissioner. Let's talk about the A's. That's right. Every single week. This is the crazy thing, though, is it felt like this deal was signed, sealed, and delivered, right? A's were moving to Vegas. Hold on. Not quite so fast. As uh, Lee Corso says, not so fast, my friend. Momentum seems to have slowed on the A's relocation. Um, I read an article that said that opposition grows. That's a quote. As the A's are looking for $380 million in subsidy for their stadium, um, they called it... I believe the term they used was billionaire welfare, uh, where the city steps in and helps build the stadium. Um, They've said that the A's are poor community partners. They don't put a whole lot into the team. Uh, They haven't shown that they're willing to, like, spend on the team to put a good product on the field. Uh, And they're worried that Vegas will be Oakland all over again, that they won't take care of the stadium. Like I said, they won't put money into the team, won't put a good product on the field. And another thing that that was cited, this is in a different article, was that the, that the team doesn't bring a strong, as strong of a fan base as the Raiders did. The Raiders were brought to Vegas, with welcome to Vegas with open arms. 
and the A's have yet to receive that. And that's one of the big reasons is they're like, people from California are willing to come to Vegas and, and see their team once a week. How many A's fans are going to come down and be season ticket holders? How many people who live here are going to be season ticket holders? Because that's where a lot of the, a lot of the gate comes from is season ticket holders. Yes. We've talked a little bit about how being in a tourist destination is going to attract fans, right? Like people come to Vegas all the time for whatever reason, bachelor party, bachelorette party, um, March Madness, but I guess there's not going to be baseball during March Madness. Um, but people are always traveling to Vegas for whatever reason, and this gives them a chance to plan their trip to Vegas when their team is in town. Somebody from New York, hey, the Yankees are going to be in Vegas. Let's make a trip. I've said that I, I am only a few hours from Vegas being in Phoenix, and when the Mariners are in town, I'm probably going to go up, hit a game or two maybe. I don't know. Uh, because I want to see the Mariners live every chance I have. Because, by the way, despite being winless at T-Mobile slash Safeco over the last decade and a half, as a Mariners fan, 3-0 on the road, folks. <laughs> I will travel to see Mariners games, and apparently they will win. So I'm very excited about that. But I don't know. It's, 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 it is a valid point, though, that the A's do not have the team. Like if it was the Cubs relocating, if it was the Dodgers relocating, the Mets, I would say even the White Sox, there would be enough of a national fan base that they would go see those games, and there would be enough locals there who were fans of that team already. But it is tough. It is tough, tough, tough with the A's because people in Oakland don't even go to those games. I don't blame them with what's on the field. I'm of the opinion that if the product on the field is not good, go watch the other team. But I don't know. It's brutal in Oakland right now. It's pretty bad. Um, but this is the thing too. So if, if Vegas isn't willing to bring the A's, like what do they do next? Right. They can re-sign a contract in Oakland with the current stadium, and then they can continue to negotiate with, with the local government to get a stadium somewhere in the area. Right. They've had, they've had plots of land proposed and things like that. Basically would give an extension to those talks. Right, that they could like. Well, I guess we're not going anywhere, so let's find a place around here. Let's make a deal work, where we can build a stadium. So that can continue to go on. But this is the other thing: is that this slows down expansion, right? Like that's something Brig and I have been so excited about with this move to Vegas. Is that it's like, oh man, like this means that we could get expansion in like a couple of years, right? But maybe not if this is the case. And you see people at A's games with signs that say sell the team. Somebody besides John Fisher needs to be able to come in and either have a stadium solution in the Bay Area or go to Vegas and be like, look, this is our plan. This is how we're going to draw fans. This is how this is how we're going to pay for a stadium. These are the things that we're going to do to make this a better experience than what we had in Oakland. And this is why we want to come to Vegas rather than just be like, Vegas, baby. Yeah. You know, because that's what it feels like, honestly, with the A's right now. Is that they're just like, yeah, we want Vegas because it's fresh new real estate. At this point, Major League Baseball is like, we're going to put a team in Vegas, whether it's the A's or expansion. We just have to get everything sorted out in the meantime, and we'll deal with it when we get to it. So, I don't know. And really what it comes down to is this is a chance for A's fans who have been so upset about this move and all the progress that was made to this point in the move. It gives them a chance to really show loyalty and love for that team by showing up. And being like, look, we don't want you to go. 
we would love for you to have a new stadium. We would love for a new owner, or we would love for the owner even. This owner, if this owner were to put money into this team and put a good product on the field and get to the playoffs again and make a run, we'd support it. But right now, ushers are bullying fans by not letting them look over a railing at the field, get a get a picture. Um, they're... I don't know. Like I know they went and made that affordable ticket package, but man, it just it's it's bad in Oakland, and I feel bad for the fans because baseball needs to be available for everybody. That's that's the big thing of baseball together. Like that's one of our big things is baseball needs to be available for everybody. It just doesn't feel like it is in Oakland. That's that's the big problem, and it but it also doesn't really feel like it will be in Las Vegas because a thirty thousand seat stadium that feels very exclusive and elite, and it's going to be hard for regular people to get tickets. I feel like so. I don't know. It's it's tough. It's a really tough situation, and that's why I don't make the millions of dollars to make these decisions because it's not easy. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about sweeps. There were six, count them, six sweeps across Major League Baseball this weekend. The Blue Jays swept the Mets 3-0-2-1-6-4 Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the Marlins swept the A's. You kind of expect that. Um Four to zero. Actually, they they completed the sweep today. Um, they they won four to zero, twelve to one, seven to five, and I think they won uh, like nine to five today. I forgot to check. Um, but anyways, the White Sox swept the Tigers three zero two one six two. The Pirates, as pictured right here, swept the Cardinals. For those of you doubting the Pirates continually, swept the Cardinals seven to five, four to three, two to one. The Brewers swept the Reds. You kind of expect that. The Reds are not a great team. 5-4, to 10-8, 5-1. And then this is the one that really got me. The Rangers swept the Mariners. It was ugly. It wasn't close. 2-1, to one, or sorry, 2-0. to zero. I was wishing there was one run there. 2-0, to 16-6, and 12-3. to three. The Mariners forgot to take the trip to Arlington, apparently. Some half the team must have missed the flight, had to walk, retired. I don't know. Oh, it's so frustrating. So since Briggs not here to stop me, we're going to talk about the Mariners. Okay. I am so frustrated, so angry with this team. If Briggs was here, I'd put on my sunglasses and my black hat, and I would be wearing a black shirt as well. I am just like so, so, so upset about this. It's absolutely unreal. Like I said, swept out of the state by the Texas Rangers. It wasn't even competitive other than a wasted gem by Luis Castillo in game one. At that point, you're thinking, okay, can slow down this amazing offense. Have a chance here. No, no, no. Not so much. Um, I am going to give Brian Wu a pass. He pitched on Saturday. He was he was just a victim of circumstance. Circumstance. I can't blame the front office. I can't blame the organization. Can't blame any for anybody for what happened. Marco Gonzalez went down like Friday morning, saying he had a forearm strain. I'm worried he's going to need Tommy John again, despite everything. With how, I mean, we made a T-shirt last year. How not sexy his outings are, but he goes out there and he gets the job done. It's scary. It's stressful, but he had like 15 quality starts in a row or something like that. The dude is. Just he's he's really good. He's really good, especially as a fifth starter. I like having him on the team, as stressful as it is. But 
Uh, Wu apparently was the next guy up. I don't know why it was Brian Wu and not Emerson Hancock. Um, I'm worried that there's, I don't know if I should be worried, or I feel like there's something about Hancock that they don't like. If they don't like him, why don't they trade him? Because he could, he's mentioned in trades with big names all the time. And granted, it's by Mariners fans, it's by media, everything like that. But at the same time, though, like he could be part of a trade that brings back a superstar from what everybody says about him. Or is he actually, in reality, untradeable because there's a major flaw in his game that we, the fans, don't know about? I don't know. So I'm not sure why Emerson Hancock didn't come up instead of Wu. Maybe it's an age thing. I'm not sure. That was confusing, though. But poor Brian Wu goes out there and he gets thrown to the Wolves, his first big league start against the best offense in Major League Baseball. He just got run right out of the place. Just got shelled. So... I know I said this team was going to win the World Series this year. That ship sailed. That's not happening. Uh, there's no chance. And this is my thing. I just, I'm done running my mouth about the Mariners. They've given me no reason to. Absolutely. Like, they're going to be, unless they improve, unless they come and they, and they do to the Padres on Tuesday, Wednesday, what the Rangers did to them, they're going to be in my thumbs down and poop tier until they... Sh- prove something otherwise when we do emoji tears next week because i i'm fed up like there's something wrong with this team there's something wrong in the clubhouse i don't know what it is but something or someone has to go and if jerry depoto doesn't swing for a massive change before the trade deadline before the all-star game even then this season is going to be completely lost. This organization, this team is going to take a massive step back where they were last year. They had tons of momentum, had a great finish to the season. Yeah, they kind of trailed off at the end of the season, but they won when they had to. They made the playoffs. They ended the drought. They showed up, and they they beat, they beat the Blue Jays when they weren't supposed to. They swept them in two games. You know, I don't care if it's a two-game sweep. One of them was a massive comeback that shouldn't have happened. And then they go, and they, yeah, they got swept by... They got swept by the Astros, but they were the only team in the playoffs that year that showed any ability to contend with them during those three games. And during those three games, they played 36 innings because they had an 18-inning game. They were fighting, clawing tooth and nail to keep from getting eliminated by the Astros in game three of the ALDS. And then now, like, this team is just not good. Cal Raleigh had an amazing quote today the athletic um i gotta pull it up because i was just absolutely pumped about this that it's just like yeah this is exactly right this is spot on he said they kicked our butt straight up it was a buzz it wasn't a buzz saw we didn't play well at all and we haven't been playing well at all i'm pissed we came in here and played three terrible games in a row we're not pitching well we're not hitting well we're not running we're not running the base as well it's something that we need to address and fix before it's too late he is absolutely right I don't know if he's going to light a fire under everybody or if it needs to be somebody else, but something's got to happen. Something's got to change in that clubhouse with that team. I don't think a fight is the answer like it was last year, right? That brawl against the Angels, everything just flipped immediately after that. Luis, or, uh, I always want to say Luis Castillo, but uh, he, yeah, he came in and helped things, but it's Carlos Santana who came in and then immediately the Mariners rattled off 17 in a row. You know, I don't think that was a coincidence. Somebody needs to step up and be a leader in that clubhouse. And it's just so frustrating that it doesn't seem like it's happened yet. I thought it was J.P. Crawford, but I don't know if his voice resonates the way that Carlos Santana's did. 
And I don't know if maybe Cal Raleigh saying this to the media is going to get some guys to be like, yeah, we really need to step, step up. But when you have four out of five guys who are leading, like four of the top five guys with like strikeout guys in the league play for the Mariners, like I guess the only way you fix that is by fixing your plate approach, right? Julio Rodriguez, don't swing at breaking balls away anymore. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, keep the bat on your shoulder just a little bit more. And Jared Kelnick, like, had a great start, but hasn't been the same the last three weeks. So he's still hitting at the top of the order. They still believe in him, but he's been striking out a ton more than he was early. So I don't know. It's so, so frustrating, and it's just getting to be freaking ridiculous. And I am not happy about it. The end. I need another slug of my drink. Hold on. Okay, let's go to fantasy. Fantasy update, and then uh, then we'll get you out of here. Okay, let's start at the bottom. We had not another fantasy team. That is Jason uh, against Grace Under Fire. That is Denise. Jason is a co-host of the Philly Baseball Tealer podcast. Denise is the host of the North Chicago Baseball Tealer podcast. Jason won this one 542 over, uh, to 448 over Denise. Uh, Jason's top contributor i'm still like reeling from that i'm in case you can tell i was very i'm very upset about the mariners right now in fact I, one last thing i was so upset yesterday that i didn't want to do this today i was just like i don't even want to talk baseball right now i need a few days but anyway here i am okay uh so jason won 542 to 448 uh jason's top score is marcus stroman 65 points uh denise had freddie freeman with 79 points he's a top scorer again congratulations freddie freeman for being the top scorer there you go. I'm sure that he is very proud of that. <laughs> Not at all. Anyway, then we have Burns Turner Overdrive. That is Tori. Uh, he's a co-host of the baseball of the Philly Baseball Together podcast. And Harrisburg Charlie's. That's John. Uh, he was doing the the DC podcast for a while. Had to take a break, uh, but he's still with us on the league. Um, Tori won this one. Burns Turner Overdrive won this one. Three ninety eight to three oh eight. Top performers. We had Christian Walker for Tory with 61 points and K Bear Ruiz for Harrisburg Charlies or John with 56 points. And then Brig, Brigger Mortis, uh, went up against Devastation Incorporated. That is Mike. He is our listener participant. Mike won this one 547 to 468. Brig's top performer was Mickey Beth, 49 points. Matt Olson was Mike's top performer with 71 points. And then finally, my matchup with Jewel. Uh, we are the we share and we host the the seattle baseball together podcast um i am julio think you are and jewel is big league Chup- big league chupacabra um i did not reach the winning streak uh mark this week no jewel won this one 568 to 388 creamed me um jewel's top performer was lamont wade jr with 73 points mine was polar bear pete alonzo with 63 points i have fallen to sit three and six jewel is on top of things with at eight and one brig is four and five mike is six and three tory is three and six john is at the bottom of things in the basement at one and eight uh, denise is five and four and jason is six and three there is your baseball together fantasy baseball update for week nine but baseball family Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to hop over to ChinookCedary.com. Use code BTPOD at checkout to save 10% on your order and also support the show. We do get a piece of the sale without you spending any extra money uh, to put that to us. 
but that's why you can support the show. Support your mouth with the best seeds ever. Again, ShinookCedary.com. Use code BTPOD at checkout to save 10%. While you're on the interwebs, pop on over to Patreon.com. Search baseball together. There's always a link in the description of every episode, every single clip, everything we put on YouTube has a link to Patreon and also Chinook Cedary as well. Um, and we're, we've got one to, uh, to versus game as well now. So you can get there just in the description of all the, all the clips, all the episodes, everything like that. Um, but head over to Patreon. You can support the show. That is the easiest way to support the show. You can uh, pick one of four tiers of support that we have. We have $1, $5. I guess we have five tiers of support. $1, $5, $10, $15, and $500 of support. Um, you can subscribe. And everybody, everybody gets the bullpen cut on that which is the unedited uh version of the show which is all the mistakes i make when i do this by myself um and also all the between stuff production meetings that brig and i have and before and after and all the stuff that we don't talk about on the show it's all there you can get that and guess what little teaser for you there is there are two tiers i guess a couple tiers where you can get a hat a couple tiers where you can get a t-shirt so go check it out see what fits what you would like and uh, you can support the show that way over on patreon but baseball family thank you so much for joining us and by us i mean me on this week's episode don't forget to like subscribe rate and review the show let us know what you think about what we're doing comment in the comments um just let us know that you're that you're there and you're listening and, and enjoying what we do because we really do truly enjoy doing it it's it's a ton of fun and we wouldn't be able to do it without your support um, and so we thank you very much for that and baseball family that's it for now. We'll catch you next week.